Hey, what up fam? It's your boy Norm, and I would like to welcome you to another uh, episode, episode 63 of the Evangelical Norm. I don't know where I was going with that. I just got kind of lost. Um, so, um, this week, uh, we'll talk about pretty much what everybody else has been talking about. We're going to go through uh, the statement on social justice and the gospel. I've read through it once or twice. Um, I honestly have not made up my mind whether or not I'm going to sign it or not. I'm still reading other articles, um, some other things. I mean, people I know that have read it that have not signed it. Um, I'm pretty sure Ivy's read it, um, hasn't signed it. Um, Chocolate Knox, um, they just talked about it tonight on Cross Politic. Doesn't look like he's signed it yet. Um, my pastor, uh, a couple other guys, um, elders and uh, leaders at our church have read it and have decided that they're not signing it um, for different reasons. And I'm not going to get into everybody's reason for signing or not signing or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of people that I do respect who have signed it. James White. Um Doug Wilson, um, can't think of all everybody else. There was a list that I didn't print out, but so there are a few people. Oh, K Dub, um, Chris K Dub Williams has signed it. So um, Jackie Hill Perry has said she's not going to sign it. Uh, obviously, Jovan McKenzie um, is not going to sign it. Tabidi is not going to sign it. Vody Balcom has signed it. Um, so I mean. All kinds of people that I respect. So I haven't decided yet. Um, we may, by the time we get to the end of this, as we kind of, you know, I've read through it two or three times. I've, I've read a couple of um, other people's excerpts. There's a couple of articles that have been recommended to me to read. Um, so, but, I mean, as we go through this and just kind of talk it out and hash it out, I may decide or not decide. Um, I'm... I'm leaning towards not signing it simply because I don't know that it's absolutely necessary. Again, um, I don't, maybe it, that, that it's just not, not that it's too vague, but I mean, there are other statements that have been made and signed and, and, and other things that, that cover everything that's in here. Um, it feels to me that this is just, a reaction to the um, to the dust up between guys like Tabidi and and James White, and so and of course MacArthur released his series um, that he did talking about it, um, and that kind of went back and forth. People who agreed and didn't agree, uh, so on. So uh, we're gonna get into it. And talk about it. Um, one other thing that I did want to mention. Um, if you have not picked up this book yet, get it. Uh, I'm about halfway through. This is amazing. This book, Jackie is... I mean, we all knew she was a poet, right? But the way she describes things and so on. I mean, page one got me. And, and I was like... This is going to be good, y'all. So 
Um, pick it up, check it out. I should have it finished within the next couple of days. I'm probably going to do a, a special episode probably Wednesday um, or Thursday uh, reviewing this. And then I'm going to take some time and probably next Sunday I will do an, an individual review of this book um, just on its own because it deserves it. And then I'm going to do a comparison, uh, kind of a side-by-side -side thing between uh, this book and Vicki Beeching's book, Undivided. Um, just to, you know, break it down a little bit, look at, I mean, we're, we're literally looking at pretty much the same situation from two different angles. One that says, deny yourself and follow Christ. The other that says, indulge your flesh and deny the gospel, essentially. So, um, pick it up, cop this book, read it, enjoy it, worship God, because that's what this book leads to. Chapter after chapter after chapter, I find myself in, in a place of worship, because our God is good, and the talent and the gift and the salvation that he's given Jackie through the, the as she writes about it is phenomenal and she consistently brings back and and lays everything at the feet of god and glorifies him so pick it up check it out let's jump in to this uh statement on social justice let's just kind of break it down um, I will look up a couple of the verses. We're not that every one of these statements, every single one of uh, affirmation and denial has verses that go with it. And we're not going to read every single one of them because obviously it is, uh, it would, we would be here for an hour and, and y'all don't want to watch an hour long video. Um, most people don't want to watch a 40 minute long video that we did last week. And that's why it's only had four views. So um, if you like the episode, let me just remind you to, to share um, and subscribe and check them out. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on uh, moving the audio over to another platform to where um, people can get the audio version of it, download the MP3, take it with you, be able to listen to it rather than watch it. Uh, and it will put it out on Google Play and you or iTunes as well. So that's coming soon. And I've actually gotten permission from a couple of artists to use bits and pieces of their songs that I will be putting in with some video stuff and clips to make a introduction uh, spot. I guess we, for lack of a better term, um, and an outro at the end. So, um, look forward to those things. Hopefully, um, my wife will be out of town next weekend. So hopefully I'm going to have some time to just, uh, chill and, uh, need to occupy my time. So, uh, I will be jumping in and, and doing some stuff, uh, getting things a little, making this a little more professional, and hoping that that will, will lead to some more subscriptions and more views. So, um, 
without further ado, let's take a look at what we got. Um, I want to jump up to the introduction to begin with and read that kind of and they give uh, reasoning why they're making this uh, video or the, this video this statement now so let's just jump right into this and check it out in view of questionable sociological, psychological, and political theories presently permeating our culture and making inroads into Christ's church, we wish to clarify certain key Christian doctrines and ethical principles prescribed in God's Word. Clarity on these issues will fortify believers and churches to withstand an onslaught of dangerous and false teachings that threaten the gospel, misrepresent scripture, and lead people away from the grace of God in Jesus Christ. So, obviously we know the reasoning behind a lot of this. I mean, questionable sociological, psychological, and political theories presently permeating our culture. So, there has been a divide in the church recently um, over racial lines. And so, that that's really, honestly, and then, you know, they get into same-sex relationships, same-sex attractions, this stuff. So gay marriage is, is feeding into this, a lot of things, but I, I honestly think this is a reaction to the um, specifically racial issues that are going on that are, are becoming more and more prevalent in the church um, and the divide over that. And we're seeing the divide is is pretty pretty stark it um it's heartbreaking to see brothers and i talked about this last week about not loving one another um over this and not being willing to look at what it means to truly love one another as disciples of christ and be able to be patient in our reaction um and to not hold a record of wrongs, to not be grudge holders, to not um, hold things over the head of our brothers and sisters. Again, it really, it, and this is just, it's seeming as if, as though we're seeing and acting out of the, uh, the prisoner who was forgiven of his debt and the master who forgave his debt. And he went to his fellow servants, his fellow and who owed him money and beat him to get the money that he owed him after having been forgiven of the debt by his master. And I, I wish I had thought about that. It just kind of popped into my head. Um, and I think that, that, that kind of gives an idea of how it feels when someone tells you that, whether it be your grandparents or your ancestors or something were complicit in the murder of Martin Luther King. Um, what you're doing to me is you've been forgiven of your sin, but you're not willing to forgive me of the sin of my ancestors and demanding my repentance for something that I wasn't involved in. So that's kind of, and so this, it feels like this is a, a reaction to that. Um, so 
they're wanting to bring clarity to certain key Christian doctrines and ethical principles prescribed in God's word. Clarities on these issues will fortify believers and churches to withstand an onslaught of dangerous and false teachings that threaten the gospel, misrepresent scripture, and lead people away from the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And here's where I want to push back a little bit on this, because along racial lines, and again, I just made this statement about feeling like not they're not being forgiving of something else, but I also don't think that any of that is dangerous or false teaching. I think it's, and they get into this, and I can see where they're coming from, but I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's an attempt to misrepresent scripture. I don't think it threatens the gospel. Um, or I don't think it's going to lead people away from the grace of God in Jesus. So that I kind of have an issue with what is stated there. Specifically, we are deeply concerned that values borrowed from secular culture are currently undermining scripture in the areas of race and ethnicity, manhood and womanhood, and human sexuality. The Bible's teaching on each of these subjects is being challenged under the broad and somewhat nebulous rubric of concern for social justice. If the doctrines of God's word are not uncompromisably, uncompromisingly reasserted and defended at these points, there is every reason to anticipate that these dangerous ideas and corrupted moral values will spread their influence into other realms of biblical doctrines and principles. We submit these affirmations and denials for public consideration, not with any pretense of ecclesiastical authority, but with an urgency that is mixed with deep joy and sincere sorrow. The rapidity with which these deadly ideas have spread from the culture at large into churches and Christian organizations, including some that are evangelical and reformed, necessitates the issuing of this statement now. So again, it, the, this is really a reaction to race issues, uh, marriage issues, and and so on. So, uh, I just part of me feels like it is necessary, but I mean, we had the Nashville statement last year, which I did sign, um, and. I don't know. I just, it feels, if I don't know how it feels. It just, there's a, there's a check that I have that just keeps me from wanting to sign it. Although as I've read through most of these affirmations and denials, I have nothing that I disagree with. So there's the introduction. There's why this exists. Why uh, MacArthur and, and the men with him, made this. So let's jump in. Number one, scripture. We affirm that the Bible is God's word breathed out by him. It is inerrant, infallible, and the final authority for determining what is true, what we must believe, and what is right, how we must live. All truth claims and ethical standards must be tested by God's final word, which is scripture alone. We deny that Christian belief, Christian character, or conduct can be dictated by any other authority and we deny that the postmodern ideologies derived from intersectionality, radical feminist, feminism, and critical race theory are consistent with biblical teaching. 
excuse me, we further deny that competency to teach on any biblical issue comes from any qualification for spiritual people other than clear understanding and simple communication of what is revealed in Scripture. So, uh, excuse me just a second, I'm going to grab my Bible here. And we're going to just jump into a couple of these verses. Um, we'll start with, uh, get out here where I'm not hidden, hiding myself behind the, uh, the text there. And we are going to jump down to Hebrews 4.12. Um, Why do I choose to use the smallest print Bible I own? For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the limit and intentions of the heart. Um, so again, I mean, the verses that are here, I mean, we probably should read all of them because they, they all are footnoted and so on. But uh, again, it would take us forever. So we're going to read a couple of them. And just, again, there's nothing in this denial or affirmation that I would ever disagree with. I mean, this is very clear, concise, scripture alone, sola scriptura, uh, this is what we believe. So, no issues there. And next we have Imago Dei. We affirm that God created every person equally in his own image. As divine image bearers, all people have inestimable value and dignity before God and deserve honor, respect, and protection. Everyone has been created by God and for God. That God, We deny that God-given roles, socioeconomic status, ethnicity, religion, sex, or physical condition, or any other property of a person either negates or contributes to that individual's worth as an image bearer of God. And of course, we know Genesis 1, God said, let us make man in our own image, and he made them male and female. Um, and he looked and he saw that it was very good. So, um, again, nothing here that can be disagreed with. And I, I do like the statement that we deny that any God-given roles, that, that God's roles for men and women, our socioeconomic status, our ethnicity, our... Um, religion, sex, or physical condition, or any other property of a person either negates or contribute that that individual's worth uh, to that individual's worth as an image bearer of God. And here is a, a key point because we have to look at, they even include religion. We understand that Muslims are image bearers of God. Uh, false religion, heretical, uh, not <laughs> saved, headed towards hell if they don't repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ. But they are still image bearers of God, no matter what, um, no matter how we think of people. And again, we we saw a lot of this when, when Trump, not too long ago, referred to MS-13 as animals, and people were up at arms that suddenly people on the left were, were concerned with people being in the created in the image of God, but yet they're willing to, to murder babies all day long so um nothing here that i would uh would that, that i would disagree with justice 
um, and we are getting we're already getting light into this video so we're gonna just skim through these pretty quick and we're we're you can look it up you can find the website you can read the verses um, we're just gonna jump through it justice we affirm that since he is holy righteous and just God requires those who bear his image to live justly in the world this includes showing appropriate respect to every person and giving to each one what he or she is due. We affirm that societies must establish laws to correct injustices that have been imposed through cultural prejudice. Um, absolutely. We deny that true justice can be culturally defined or that standards of justice that are merely socially constructed can be imposed with the same authority as those that are derived from scripture. We further deny that Christians can live justly in the world under any principles other than the biblical standard of righteousness. Relativism, socially constructed standards of truth or morality, and notions of virtue, virtue and vice that are constantly in flux cannot result in authentic justice. And I find this a real important point to, to point out because many things, many uh, laws change and attitudes change and things change you know again we we hear mold all the time that everything Hitler did in Germany during World War two was legal it wasn't moral it wasn't right but it was legal so we can't rely on man-made law to be our final authority we have to go back to, to biblical truth as our final authority. Appealing to biblical truth means that we, we understand completely that the Holocaust was abominable and wrong and not, not justifiable in any way, that slavery um, was not justifiable in any way. Uh, and even those who tried to justify it by using scripture were wrong. And I, I recognize the fact that that puts me at odds with men like John Edwards, Jonathan Edwards, who was a slave owner, who tried to justify by scripture the, uh, the justification of slavery. And it can't be done. It was wrong. It was sinful. Uh, man selling has always been condemned by the Bible. So there we have that. Um, so yeah, uh, relativism, socially constructed standards of truth and morality, and notions of virtue and vice that are constantly in flux cannot result in authentic justice. God's law. We affirm that God's law, as summarized in the Ten Commandments, more succinctly summarized in the two great commandments and manifested in Jesus Christ, is the only standard of unchanging righteousness. Violation of that law is what constitutes sin. Absolutely. Again, nothing there that I would would even comp uh, consider disagreeing with. We deny that any obligation that does not arise from God's commandments can be legitimately imposed on Christians as a prescription for righteous living. We further deny the legitimacy of any charge of sin or call to repentance that does not arise from a violation of God's commandments. While I agree with this statement, again, it feels like it's a simply a justification of the way that we have acted um, 
in defending indefensible positions sometimes. Um, is it uh, a direct, di would um, someone voting for Hillary Clinton, let's, let's put it, because they couldn't bring themselves to vote for Trump, which some people encourage Christians to do, does that rise from a violation of God's commands? No. No. Can we demand that somebody repent of that? No. Um, and same on the other side. If somebody voted for Trump because they couldn't stomach voting for Hillary, and even though the man is an, uh, a s celebrates his adultery, um, is not a Christian man, no matter what anybody tries to tell you, um, is that a violation of God's law? No. Can we demand that anyone repent from that? No. Moving on. Sin. We affirm that all people are connected to Adam, both naturally and federally. Therefore, because of original sin, everyone is born under the curse of God's law, and all break his commandments through sin. There is no difference in the condition of sinners due to age, ethnicity, or sex. All are depraved in all their faculties, and all stand condemned before God's law. All human relationships, systems, and institutions have been affected by sin. Absolutely. We deny that other than the previously stated connection to Adam, any person is morally culpable for another person's sin. Although families, groups, and nations can sin collectively, and cultures can be predisposed to particular sins, subsequent generations share the collective guilt of their ancestors only if they approve and embrace, or attempt to justify, which we have seen happen, those sins. Before God, each person must repent and confess his or her own sins in order to receive forgiveness. We further deny that one's ethnicity establishes any necessary connection to any particular sin. I agree with this. I agree with this denial and with this affirmation, and and I stated it in in last week's. I love my my black brothers and sisters and um, my brothers and sisters of any other minority. And yes, horrible things have been done um, in the name of Christ, in the name of Christianity, and. Um, erroneously done in those names. Horrible things have been done to many different people, but it does not make modern day evangelicals guilty of those things or complicit in those things. As we look at things like slavery, yes, there was some uh, Christian involvement in slavery. I don't I won't say that Christian uh, Protestantism or anything else started it. It was not started in any way by Christians. Uh, but yeah, they they involved themselves in it and they 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 tried to justify it and so many other things. but it was also Christians that were the abolitionists that brought an end to it. So does that justify the, the Christians that were involved? No. 
But does that require another Christian to repent for those things? And as we look at things like Jim Crow and so on, it's the same situation. I wasn't alive during that time. I see the problem with it. I understand that there is a problem there and horrible things happen. Um, I can't, I cannot repent for something that I was not, was not my responsibility, was not, I'm not responsible for. I can't, and, and I don't think it's fair, and I don't think it's loving to want, to want me to do so. Um, I think the majority, and there are people who, who jump to the defensive immediately when these things, because it doesn't feel good to be accused of racism. It doesn't. And all human beings, our natural instinct is to defend ourselves. So I don't think it's right to absolutely jump in and, and go defensive, but I also don't think it's right to, re to expect repentance for a sin that I'm not guilty of. Moving on. Gospel. Where are we at? Oh, we've got a ways to go. We've got to speed this up. Maybe we'll split this into two weeks. Um, or two days. Maybe we'll finish tomorrow. Maybe I'll do another video tomorrow. And we'll stop with the gospel today. We affirm that the gospel is a divinely revealed message concerning the person and work of Jesus Christ, especially his virgin birth, excuse me, righteous life, substitutionary sacrifice, atoning death, and bodily resurrection, revealing who he is, what he has done, with the promise that he will save anyone and everyone who turns from sin by trusting him as Lord. No issues there. We deny that anything else, whether works to be performed or opinions to be held, can be added to the gospel, without perverting it into another gospel. This also means that implications and applications of the gospel, such as the obligation to live justly in the world through legitimate and important, though legitimate and important in their own right, are not definitional com components of the gospel. So again, what they're saying here, and I agree and I disagree. Um, works to be performed or opinions to be held are can't be added to the gospel without per converting perverting it into another gospel i think the situations that we are seeing and dealing with and race relations and so on i i no i don't think you can add those to the gospel without changing it in some way but i think the gospel should change our attitudes on those things a true um, conversion a, a truly penitent heart a truly repentant person changes their attitudes about how they feel about other races um, other religions even you know it, it changes the, the way we view them completely um, how they feel about other sexual orientations and so on. Compare the Westboro Baptist Church. I don't think any one of those people there is saved because of their attitude towards gay people. Their attitude of
God hates fags, all these things that are said and done, is not the loving proclamation of the gospel that it should come from a repentant person. These people are, are legalists. They are um, way off base on most, on, on not everything, but I mean, they claim to be Calvinists. They claim to be five points and, and so on. But the way that they go about things is not the way that the gospel should be presented. Um, they have gone so far Calvinist that they're no longer calling people to repentance. They're just condemning everybody. And because, well, they're, they're out there. They're not saved right now. So obviously they're not the elect. And none of those people know that. Um, so we take them on one side of the issue and then we look to the other side of the issue of um, I don't even know where I was gonna go with that um, adding it to the gospel perverting it into implications applications of the gospel such as the obligation to live justly in the world so I, I completely lost my train of thought on that um, Westboro Baptist Church can do that to a guy but so again these people have taken and they 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 don't understand the gospel they are adding to um, the gospel in a sense of they are requiring um, ultimately that, that these people save themselves in, in a sense so it's hard to I don't know but so we deny that anything else whether works to be performed or opinions to be held can be added to the gospel so again the gospel should change the way we feel about these things uh, it should change our opinions um, but someone's opinion imposed upon us if, it, if it's not absolutely part of the gospel it, it's not required and so while the gospel should change our hearts about issues of race and so on we cannot add issues of race into and make them an integral part of the, go the gospel because the gospel is what the gospel is and the gospel changes our hearts we can't require a changing of heart to lead to the gospel if that and I, I guess that's what I'm saying I'm thinking and so this is one that that really kind of sticks with me so we're gonna end with this tonight um, and I will make a part two tomorrow. And it's going to give me a little bit of time to think on this. Um, and give you some time to think on it. If you've got comments, um, please comment. I, I interact a lot um, with people on here. And I'm more than happy to have, answer questions. If you have a question about any of these things, I may be able to address it tomorrow night. So um, we're going to go ahead and, and finish this here. We're going to uh, cut it off and we're going to pick up in this spot tomorrow um, and go through the rest of them and then kind of wrap it all up. So thanks for hanging with me here tonight. Um, think on these things. Um, if you want to go to the website, I'll put the link in the, in the description below. You can check it out on your own. You can read it on it. Um, I will tomorrow I'll get a couple of those other articles that have been recommended to me and I will pass them on to you as well um, I want everyone to again I don't even and I 
I don't know if I'm going to sign it. I don't know if I'm not going to sign it. Um, but I want everyone to have the same information before you make a decision. So maybe that's just all this is, is just me bringing you the information so you can make a decision. Um, I would want you to do that anyway and not just be uh, persuaded by my opinion. But read, be Bereans and read this stuff on your own. Read the scriptures that are there. Um, I've read the majority of them as I've gone through and looked at it the last few times. And again, there's nothing that I feel like they have done that has twisted those scriptures or changed anything or uh, violate that. So I'll leave it with that. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until tomorrow... Soli Deo Gloria.